Hello, hello, hello. It's been way too long since we've done this. Welcome in to the newly branded K&N show. Nigel, it's good to be back. How are you doing, buddy? Kyle's been good. Uh, it's been a while since we've sat and talked hockey, obviously. Uh, the NHL draft was a great experience. Had a lot of fun doing that, obviously, in a live setting. So uh, very excited to be back talking hockey with the uh, finally. The, it, feel, it feels like forever, even though it really wasn't that long. But finally, the return of the NHL season tomorrow. Uh, very, very excited. It's crazy to think that we're finally here. Like, we're finally yeah. at the eve of the NHL season. It has been forever uh since it feels like we've been able to talk about actual on ice hockey and we're just like 24 hours away from well not even 24 hours because first game starts at 5 30 so uh very much looking forward to that but today it's a nice and easy show we've got division predictions we're looking at awards then we might sprinkle in a couple other things throughout the show as well but uh, first and foremost, Nigel, uh, I think we should just dive into things because we've been waiting long enough for this. Yeah, oh, uh, for sure. Where do you want to start? Uh, do you? Want, I'll let you uh, pick what division okay. we start with here. Um, well, why don't we do a little tribute to our, our magazine that we did? Yes, uh, yes. If, uh, to quickly plug that, Absolutely. and the division we did first in that was the East Division. So uh, why don't we uh, why don't we start things off with, in my opinion, uh, the most competitive division in hockey? Alrighty, alrighty, the most competitive division from Nigel, and that's the East, of course. Realignment due to COVID. We've got a Canadian division. We've got weird things all over the place. But I think the most normal division of them all is probably the East, based off of who is usually in divisions or who has faced each other most. This is all teams from the Eastern Conference, and we've got the likes of Philadelphia, Boston, both New York teams, uh, New Jersey, Buffalo in there as well, uh, Washington, so you, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. You've got a lot of teams that are very familiar with each other um, based off of just normal seasons. So of all the yeah. divisions, I feel like this one's the most normal, and yet it's also very difficult to predict because when you oh, look yeah. at these teams— there's a solid six, maybe even stretching to seven teams that could all fight for a playoff position here. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I, like I said, I think it's the most competitive division in hockey this year, mostly because the top of it, very, very talented. You've got the likes of Washington, who I think is, in my opinion, one of the people are sleeping on Washington a bit. I'll say it. Uh, I think Washington's going to be a really, really good team this year. I think, obviously, you have the likes of Pittsburgh. They're always around. Philadelphia, who were a little bit underwhelming in the playoffs last year, but they didn't really lose anyone, and they kind of got better. Uh, you got a lot of great teams at the top, not to mention the New York Rangers was probably the most exciting team in hockey now, getting laugh on there as well. Uh, you got a lot of interesting teams at the top, and then you have the Buffalo Sabres who go out and finally do something good for that organization, getting Taylor Hall. Taylor makes freaking things, Hall. Makes things interesting, to say the least, but I, I don't know if they're they're ready to make the playoffs yet. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm uh, I'm certainly interested into, see, uh, interested into seeing what the East entails this year and what comes out of it. Yes, of course. And you mentioned the uh, the little season preview magazine we did with some of our yes. fellow sport media students. I'll toss that link there in the chat. Uh, that was a really fun project that we did over the past couple of weeks. A lot of hard hours put into that one, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. You can look at it. It won't spoil some of the stuff that we'll say because that's consolidated. We're just going what we think for this one. Yeah. And uh, I think we should let's let's go from the bottom to the top on these yep. let's start at the bottom and work our way up and that begins with the number eight seed in the east nigel who do you have finishing bottom of this division i believe we both have the same team here and i'm gonna go with the new jersey devils um obviously really tough blow 
Corey Crawford, really sad that he was forced to retire, uh, essentially. Um, I, we don't fully understand the whole circumstance about it, but he's retired, uh, which is a big blow to them because their goaltending this year is definitely going to be uh, interesting, to say the least. I, I'm a big Mackenzie Blackwood guy. I think he has a lot of great potential. He's still a little young. Even though he's put up solid numbers in the NHL so far in his career, I don't know if he's the kind of guy who can get, you know, 60, oh, sorry, 56 games this year. So I don't know if he's the kind of guy you can get, you know, 40 starts out of uh, in a season yet. I guess it's because the shortened season, maybe you can't. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm riding too heavily on him. And then obviously, they're just like the team's just not that exciting for me yet. I'm excited to watch Jack Hughes. I'm excited to watch Nico Heischer both get a year older. But I just think they're still lacking a lot of quality up front. Um, they definitely have a future now. They drafted interesting, inter- interestingly with uh, Shakir Muhammad Doolin in the first round. Obviously, uh, if you do that remember, back to our, oh yeah. yeah, if you remember back to our draft show, that was uh, quite the stunning moment in that. So they got a future. It's going to be a while to they're back on top like they were seven, eight years ago when they made that crazy run. Uh, but I think they definitely have a future in place. There's solid pieces there. It's just a little too early to count them into conversation in the East Division. Yeah, I agree. I've got the Devils last in this division as well. And like you said, I just think it's too early for them at this point when you look at the roster. I think that they're probably a year away from being maybe that dark horse pick to, to make it, even though Going into the season last year, we kind of thought that they might be a dark horse team with some of the yeah. additions they made, but they kind of took a step back this season. Um, they they kind of reset a little bit, made some nice shrewd moves. I like the the additions of Andreas Janssen. Yeah, uh, I oh, like yeah. the addition of Ryan Murray on the blue line, but that blue line is still really uh, really weak. Not a lot of depth to it. Uh, the forward group is interesting. You've got some interesting names there. But again, in goal, it would have been a very different story, I think, if you had Corey Crawford there to, to do yep. the tandem with Mackenzie Blackwood. But instead, now they've claimed Eric Comrie off of waivers. We'll see what he's able to do as a backup. He hasn't done anything yet in the NHL. Scott Wedgwood is the other option there. So they're definitely uh, not the deepest team. They've got some interesting pieces that if they take a step, they could do something interesting, but I feel for like sure. this division is just too deep to really do much. So we agree for number eight seed, number seven seed. I think this is where things immediately get interesting because I could see any of the the seven rest of the teams in the in, in this division going and sne- either sneaking into playoffs for some or easily making it for others. So who do you got at number seven? I have, uh, I, for me, I have the Buffalo Sabres here. Okay. And- I, I was just saying, I like the move they did. I like picking up Taylor Hall. And if they were in any other division in hockey, I don't think they would necessarily be a seven seed. But this division is pretty pretty quality. Uh, there's a lot of solid teams in here. And I like the moves they made. They're finally going out, getting a superstar in Taylor Hall. Or, or star player. I, I, I don't know if we'll give him superstar, but I'll give him star player. He has won yeah, the Hart Trophy, to be yeah, fair. I mean, true. Uh, and then, obviously, they've got great young talent as well. Like John Jason Paterko, we saw at the World Juniors, was a beast. We saw Dylan Cousins, the workhorse from Whitehorse, was an absolute beast. They've got young talent. I don't love the Jack Quinn pick in the first round last year, especially with Marco Rossi on the board, but we've already we've already <laughs> gone over that well enough uh, on this live stream or previous live stream. Um, the Eric Stahl trade's a great great trade as well. Yes. Uh, I like I like that pickup. There's solid pieces here. It's a sol- it's a much better team than last year. Don't get me wrong. I just I just don't think they're maybe if the if if they get really hot, if Linus Allmark gets really hot in goal, they can contend for the division. 
I'm just not going to put them there uh, in, in a near a playoff spot yet. I have them in seventh place. Yeah, the, the Sabres kind of get screwed out of this realignment because if they're still in the Atlantic, I feel like they could mix it up with some of those teams in the in kind of the middle to bottom of the Atlantic there where they could be an interesting team. They always have a hot start and then fall off as the season goes along. So that hot start would go a lot longer than it would in an 82-game season, obviously in a 56-game season. But yeah, that goaltending leaves a lot uh, on the table with Allmark and Hutton. Anybody can get hot, but I don't have a lot of faith in that pairing. Um, I like the stall trade as well, but I just don't think that there's enough there again yet. The the defense is a little bit suspect. I expect another big season and a big step from the likes of Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin and some of their young players, but I don't know how Taylor Hall's going to fit in there. He could blow the world on fire and be this amazing first liner again or it could be more of the same like we've seen from the last two years where it's been a little bit disappointing um we don't know whether the sabers are going to be a team that are going to look and try to push things forwards and contend or if it's going to be uh like 30 games for taylor hall and then a trade at the trade deadline or something like that we don't know what the situation is um before uh, a certain team made a certain re-signing uh, with their RFA. I thought maybe they could sneak yeah. a little bit higher. Yeah. But given the strengths of the rest of the teams here, I, I think it's a little too much to have the Sabres uh, anything higher than seventh here. So we agree so far. Number yeah. six, who do you got? Uh, I'm pretty sure we're not going to agree here. I have a team that made the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago, the Boston Bruins. And call <laughs> me crazy. But okay. I think Boston got severely worse over the offseason. Now, Obviously, the big one, Tory Krug leaving, going to the team that they lost to in the Stanley Cup Finals. Switching sides, pulling a bit of a Kevin Durant, if you ask me. <laughs> Just not really. But Tory Krug, I think one of the best defensemen in hockey, uh, puts up great numbers every year. They still have Charlie McAvoy, who I also big fan of Charlie McAvoy, great player. But let's look at this left side of this defense, which everyone likes to talk about. First pairing right now in training camp, we've got Jeremy Lozon or Lazon. Not great. Matt Grizzlick. I, he always mess up his name. Not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did it, good. You did good. not bad. And then you got Jakob Zaborl on your third pairing. Like, it's just such a step down from what you had last year. And even though Chara has not put up great numbers in recent years and he's getting old and he's slow, I still think just for the fact that he's been there for what feels like 100 years and the fact that he knows that team better than anyone else would have been a decent re-signing. Offensively, I like the the Craig Smith signing. That's a great signing. One of the most underrated goal scorers in hockey from Nashville. But there's still there's a lot to be desired up front for me. Obviously, uh, Pasternak is out for an extended period of time to start the season. Jatstadnika is going to get a probably a shot here at the beginning of the year. We're going to see if he can put up the numbers that we know he's possibly capable of doing. Uh, I think there's just a lot of faith riding on the third and fourth line in this team, and maybe even the second line to produce. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it this year. So that's why I have Boston here. I know it's gutty. The other thing is we don't know what Tuka Rask we're going to get. Uh, are we going to get regular season Tuka? Are we going to get bubble Tuka? Obviously, he left the bubble, and that's perfectly understandable. But he wasn't really exactly playing the best hockey before that. And maybe his mom is in other places. Uh, obviously, a very tough time to just jump into a, a season and leave your family. But I'm interested to see what kind of Tuka Rask we get this year. So I, a gutty, I know, but I have Boston in sixth place. That's a bold one. They won the President's Trophy last year. That's a, I know. I know. That's, a, that's a gutty one. I I still have a little bit more faith in Boston, and I'll talk that a little bit more when we get to them here. But in sixth, I've got the Islanders here. And maybe equally gutty because they what went to the uh, the conference finals there. Eastern against, Conference yeah, Finals, yeah. Which is kind of crazy to say. But 
something's got to give with this team, right? You look at the roster, and yep. it's not talented enough to be a quote-unquote Eastern Conference final team. Um, and they've got great coaching from Barry Trotz. They've been a great defensive team, all of this stuff. They've still got a great tandem. I'm a big fan of Ilya Sorokin. Igor Shosturkin gets all the love, but Sorokin's got equally yeah. great oh, yeah. numbers out of Russia. Um, but I think Devon Taves is going to be a huge, huge loss on that blue line and one that's kind of been underrated for this team so far. They still don't have any scoring depth when you look at any of the moves they've made. It looks like Kiefer Bellows might make the team out of camp, but even then, you're, you're banking on a rookie to give you some bottom six scoring. If Matt Barzell has a great season, he can propel them forwards and over uh, a couple of these teams ahead of them. But when I look at this division, um, there's a couple teams that I still have some faith in that might fall off. There's a team here that we'll get to in a minute, I believe, uh, that I think will have a big, big progression. And so that leaves the Islanders on the outside for me. So kind of similar to you. Um, We both have big teams or big names in sixth place, just very different ones. Um, But we'll we'll talk about uh, kind of our opposing opinions when we get to them uh, on our personal ranking. So number five, who do you got in the East? Uh, Just missing the playoffs. Yeah, I really struggled with this one. Um, I have it between the two New York teams. So Mm -hmm. the one I was looking at it, the Rangers are obviously the more skillful team, but they're the much, much more inexperienced team. Really, a lot of those guys' first playoff experience came last year against Carolina, uh, where they lost in four games. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, uh, three games. Or even three. Wait, yeah, wait, they got, yeah, three games. Yeah, they got swept. Uh, on the opposite side, you have a less skilled team, but I would argue a better coach team, obviously Barry Trotz. I, I think I've given him enough love on the show uh, to last a lifetime. A uh, big, big Barry Trotz guy. But you got... A little bit of a question mark and goal with Ilya uh, Sorokin, like you said. On the opposite side, Igor Shosturkin, also a bit of a question mark. Obviously, put up great numbers in the K, put up great numbers so far in the NHL. But is it maintainable over a full season? We will find out. At the end of the day, I put the Islanders here just because I think the Rangers are going to be a much more fun, talented team. You really hit the nail on the head with uh, all the Islanders stuff you just said there and why. They're deserving of this place. The one thing I'm just going to say is I'm looking for a big breakout season from Anthony Bovillia. He was absolutely mm. terrific in the bubble last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy who puts up 25 goals in this uh, shortened 26 or sorry, 56 game uh, season this year. Yeah, he's a guy that's got some sneaky goal potential. And if oh, yeah. he ends up playing with Barzell, you know anybody playing with him is going to get a lot of goal scoring opportunities. So I like that pick at number five, of course, because I've got them at number six. Number five. I've got the Pittsburgh Penguins missing the playoffs. Uh, this one, again, as you would say, nice and gutty pick. But when I look at this roster, it's aging. Uh, they made some weird moves this offseason, giving up a lot to get Kasperi Kapanen, who didn't look all that spectacular when he was in the top six in Toronto on defense. They traded for Mike Matheson and Co- and signed Cody Cece to be their new third pair. So that's a weird move. Yeah. And then, of course, the big one is moving on from Matt Murray and putting Tristan Jari in the starting seat. And quite frankly, I don't have that much faith in Tristan Jari to show that for a full season with really no help behind him. It looks like it's going to be Casey DeSmith as the backup, I would assume. But Jari DeSmith, that pairing doesn't give me... Um, yeah. a lot to write home about. And so when I look at the rest of the roster, of course, they've still got a lot of offensive depth. The defense is kind of hit or miss. They've still got a solid top four there. No Justin Schultz anymore as well. But that goaltending is really, really suspect for me. So when I look at the other four teams left here, um, I just think that they've got higher potential. I think the Pittsburgh will make it close, but I'm going to have the Penguins missing the playoffs here. Yeah, uh, it's gutty to bet against Sidney Crosby and miss the playoffs because he hasn't really done yeah. that much in his career. But 
I, I get where you're coming from. The one thing I want to say is the thing I love about this division is it has so much uncertainty in goal. We have three oh, yeah. guys who are going to become first-time potential starters in Sorokin, Shosturkin, and Samsonov, three Russian goalies, coincidentally, uh, who put up great numbers in the KHL and are now coming over. Well, Samsonov's been over for a while, but, uh, you know, who are getting the starting role, potentially. Uh, we're not really sure about Sorokin, but at least Shosturkin yeah, and I would Samsonov. guess Varlamov to start, but I would not be surprised if Sorokin steals yeah. that job. So I'm really interested to see what happens with all the and like you also said Tristan Jari he put up good numbers last year but that wasn't really in a full time starting role. He didn't role. start in the playoffs. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see so, what happens. I uh, yeah, for my first team or my yeah my last yeah, number uh, team, four yeah, number four, I've got the other team in New York. I've got the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they're just gonna be so much fun to watch this year. Like there's no other way to put it. Uh, Mika Zibanejad obviously awesome to watch. Lafreniere, I mean can't say enough about the guy first of all pick for a reason extremely talented people sleep on capo caco because he had a tough rookie year but i think he's he's still primed to be a 40 goal scorer in this league at some point he's a great goal scorer terrific player uh i, I really like capo caco a lot ryan strom's kind of had like a you know a resurgence a career rebirth so to speak since coming to new york and then the guy who finishes a heart finance last year i haven't mentioned him yet or timmy panarin <laughs> heck of a player uh can't say enough about him the one thing you can maybe say about the Islanders, or sorry, pardon me, the uh, the Rangers, is their depth. Their fourth line, maybe, and their third line leave a little bit to be asked for. But I think those two top lines, especially the Panera and Strom Kako one that we're seeing so far in training camp, I think that's going to just be an absolutely electric line uh, if they can keep that. And even on the back end, obviously Jacob Truba didn't have the best year last year, but we still know he's an incredibly talented defenseman. Adam Fox. Uh, complete, overshadowed in a sense by the, the likes of Kale McCarr and uh, uh, Quinn Hughes, but a terrific, terrific defenseman, a young defenseman as well. And then they also have Tony D'Angelo, who's a complete asshole, but <laughs> he, he, he's a solid hockey player. He, he puts up a lot of points from def, uh, the defensive position. So I, I'm really excited to look forward to uh, to watching some Rangers games this year. And even in goal, they're exciting because you've got, yeah, Shesterkin getting his uh, you know first full season and you even have his backup. Uh, Gorgiev, who's, yeah. we've seen he can put up great numbers against the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically. So <laughs> uh, I- I'm excited for this for this Rangers team, and I have them at fourth. Yeah, I've got them in fourth too. I think that they make the playoffs here. When you look at the roster, yeah, there's a lot of offensive depth here. When when you've got the first overall pick looking like he's going to start the season on the third line, that's usually an all right sign because yeah. you've got Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider there on the left hand side as well. Mika Zibanejad had an unreal year last year. I don't think he's going to quite reach those heights. He had a massive massive shooting percentage but he's still a fantastic goal scorer and a great complimentary piece on that team capo caco sucked last year just yeah. full stop yeah you would expect more of a, a progression from him hopefully he gets better usage as well um but the big thing for me is the goaltending and when i look at igor shesterkin all he's done is win games his entire career like the yep. last time he had a season where he had like under a 930 save percentage in any league was like five six years ago like it's insane the guy yeah. just stops pucks and he's done it at every single level i don't see why that'll change this season the defense is pretty suspect, though. When you look at the, some of the names on the left side there, you've got Ryan yeah. Lindgren, Jack Johnson, who they Kondre signed Miller. for some reason. Keandre Getting Miller, it. who's yeah. a wild card coming out of Wisconsin this season. So um, there's definitely some big, big question marks on this team, but I'm a believer in Panarin. I'm a believer in Shesterkin. So I'm going to say they bust through and get that 4C just like you. Okay, let's get to these top three teams here now. Actually, not consensus, because I've got Boston in here, and you do not. You've got Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. I've got them. Yeah. I've uh I've got the aforementioned Penguins right okay. here at three. Uh, 
obviously, like you said, Tristan Jarry, big question mark uh, and goal. But it's hard to bet against Sidney Crosby, and it's hard to bet against if getting Malkin fully healthy this year. Getting Kasperi Kapanen really helps that top six. Jake Gensel, fully healthy season. Hopefully he can get back to his 40-goal pace uh, or 40-goal season that he had if he's on pace for something like that. So I guess a club of 40 goals this year is like scoring 30-ish. Uh, if he gets something like that, that'd be uh, quite fantastic for them. And then they still have Jerry McCann. They've got, even though he's a little overpaid, Brandon Tanev's a solid depth guy. My boy, Dundas Finest, Mark Jankowski, <laughs> manning is. that third-line center position in a much, much better place here in Pittsburgh than he was in Calgary. He couldn't get any game time in Calgary. Now he's going to have a third-line role, it looks like, to start yeah. the season here in Pittsburgh. So we'll see if he can go back to like his 30-point season he had a couple of years ago playing for the Flames. And then I, can't, I haven't even mentioned Teddy Beluger, who, you know, completely underrated I know. I was going to say the Latvian legend, uh, who he played for legend last year, but we should all know who te- Teddy Bluger plays for now. Funny enough, I was listening back to the original who he played for last night. The first yeah. player, do you remember who it was? Uh, no, I don't. Ryan Graves, who led the oh, NHL in plus yeah, minus last year. That's hilarious. Which yeah, at I the start of the year, I never would have known that. Yeah. But anyways, go continue uh, on with some pitch yeah, love. No, and uh, defensively, I think they're solid. I'll say it. You... you, you Cody CC is a solid <laughs> third-pairing defenseman. I'll say it. People okay, are afraid to admit okay. it, but I'll say it. Marcus Pedersen. Underrated. Underrated and, like, good trade when they traded Daniel Sprong for him. Oh, right? Yeah. That was the trade? Yep. Yeah. Good trade. John Marino, he's right up there with Adam Fox. Not mm, maybe, but he's undershadowed by McCarr and Hughes. Great young defenseman. Michael Matheson didn't love the trade they made to get him, but he's a solid young defense Or not really young. mid twenties, Middle age. Yeah. Solid defenseman, though. Put up great numbers in Florida. Chris Letang's Chris Letang. He's always going to be solid. And Brian Dumoulin's Brian Dumoulin. He's solid as well. I think they're a solid team. It's hard to bet against Sidney Crosby, so I have them in the third spot. Yeah, well, similarly, it's hard to bet against Boston, and I've got you know, them third enough. here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're really, really low on them just because of that defense there. I get that, but it's still Tuka Rask. It's still yep. that first line. When they're healthy, and we don't know how much time they'll miss, and if Marchand or Pasternak especially misses big time, then that can definitely affect things. But I still like their depth up front. I love the addition of Craig Smith. Hopefully a healthy season from the superstar, Andre Kasha. And so like I, the, I there's, there's some good pieces on that team. If they can stay healthy, yeah. that's the key. So a slight drop-off, of course, because they won the President's Trophy last year. I've got them third in this division. But I can't write them off just yet. So... Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Kind of differing opinions there. I've got Pittsburgh being the one to drop off there. You've got Boston. We've got two more teams here. Philadelphia, Washington. What order do you got them? I've got Philly here. And I, I was really high on Philly last year going to the playoffs, like most people. Uh, they, they were the like team in best form in the second half of the season. And they you could say they kind of had a bit of an underwhelming time in the bubble. Um, but this team, I'd say, is improved. The fact that you're getting Nolan Patrick hopefully fully healthy – uh, this year back. I mean, he was a second overall pick for a reason. Yes, the 2017 draft was a historically weak draft at the top, talent-wise, but he was still the second overall pick behind Nico Heischer, and I still think he's a great player. Also, Oscar Lindbaum coming back, hopefully for a whole season here. And obviously, great story. Love the great guy. Story. Always going to be rooting for him. Same with Nolan Patrick, because what happened to him was just so crappy, and you can't control migraines. Like, that's awful. So I'm rooting for both those guys to have great years, and I think they will have great years. They're in a great position. They didn't really lose anyone, and they improved on defense by getting Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks, who 
obviously had that crazy year two years ago, I believe, when he had like 60 points or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to put that up again, but he's a solid depth defenseman for you. Um, the biggest question mark with Philly, like every other team in this division, it sounds like, is the goaltending. And Carter Hart, I love the guy. I just, I'm still cautious. I'm not ready to say he's a top 10 goalie, uh, top eight goalie in the NHL yet. I'll give him top 10. I'm not ready to say he's a premier goalie, but if he continues to put up the numbers he did last year, this year, I will be fully on board with the Carter Hart train. I'll say he's one of the best goalies in hockey. I have the Flyers here. I think they're going to be a sneaky cup contender uh, come whenever the season ends, May. So, uh, yeah, I got the Flyers here. I'm big on Philly this year. When when I look at this roster, losing Matt Niskanen is rough, but I like the addition of Gustafson given some of the other pieces that they've got on that team. Uh, Ivan Provorov has been huge for them. Philippe Myers, I think, could have a nice uh, season there looking to take that step in the top four. Travis Sanheim is always an interesting piece. Um, but for me, it's the offensive depth. They're, they've got guys like James Van Riemsdyk and Jacob Voracek currently projected on the third line with Nolan yeah. Patrick. Like, that's yeah. a ridiculous third line, no matter how you cut it. You've got a lot of pieces there. You've got intriguing young pieces as well, and Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost as well. I'm a big fan of their depth. I like their team overall, and I'm a huge, huge, huge Carter Hart guy. I think he's going to have a really big season this year. So I've got Philly winning the East and Washington too. I, I still like Washington. Again, an equally strong team. I just think that Philadelphia gets the edge there because of the goaltending. I like Sam Sonov. Not so much the backup position there. Vitek Vanacek's an interesting uh, decision there for the backup. Samsonov, um, he's good, but he's not Carter Hart level, so that's why I've yep. got the one two. And you have Washington number one then. Yeah, I I think Washington people they didn't play great last year, and you know, it's fair to kind of write them off this year quickly, but this team is still talented. And the thing, I'm looking for a huge breakout year from Jake Verona. Not to say that he hasn't already broke out and proven that he's a premier second-line winger in the NHL. But I'm looking for like a 30-goal season here, and I think he has the potential to do it. Great goal scorer, great player. I think he's going to add a lot of great you know, depth to this team. Lars Eller is another, you know, if Patrick Talon's out there watching, I know he's a big fan. And I'm a big Lars Eller guy myself. I think he's a great third-line setter for this the team. The quintessential 3C. He literally is the quench. He just does a little bit of everything. Um, as you go down their lineup, yeah, it, it's underwhelming. They have, you know, the legend Carl Hagelin, who will never miss the playoffs in his career, so you can't pick against, you know, them missing the playoffs. But the biggest reason why I think I have them ahead of Philly for me is just because they're a little more experienced. Uh, they This group has been together a bit longer, it feels like, than the Philly group. I could be wrong in saying that, but I feel like they're just a bit more mature team, especially defensively. Philly's got some young, obviously, Fleet Myers, Provenov are both younger defensemen. Uh, as much as I don't like Dmitry Orlov, he's solid. John Carlson's obviously John Carlson. He was on pace for, like, 10,000 points last year if the season didn't end. <laughs> uh, Justin Schultz, he's he's all right. Like, Brandon Dillon's all right. I mean, the Chara signings, I think, is a solid signing. For, yeah. for a third-pairing guy, getting a guy who's played so many NHL games, who's so experienced, and he's still a good weapon to have because he's so freaking big, like... I like it. Um, the team's solid. I think Sam Sonoff is going to have a crazy year. I, that's why okay, I have them more. Okay. I think Sam Sonoff is going to play the best out of any goal in this division this year. I'm very high on Ilya Sam Sonoff. Uh, I love that they got rid of Holpe because it was Me time too. for Sam Sonoff yeah. to get the start, uh, the starts. Obviously, unfortunately, what happened to Lundqvist, I thought he was the perfect ba- uh, backup for them. 
But you, like you said, Vitek Vanacek, uh, I don't know much about him other than he has a rookie card in uh, this year's Upper Deck Series 1. And I pulled it, so that's why hey. I know that. But uh, I don't know much about him. I believe he's Lat. No, I forget what Czech, country he's from. I believe. Oh, Czech? Okay. So a little bit of a question mark as the backup. But we said that about Pravel Francois last year, and then look what he did, right? I know it's a completely yeah. different thing because he was no, like 30 like it, years it's old. A, it's a fair point, though. Like, yeah. it, And he's got comparable numbers in the AHL. I think he, it, it all depends how many starts he gets as well and how Samsonov does. But, yeah, losing Lundqvist there does really, really suck there. Uh, shout out to Richie Rich and Gridiron Sports for the follows. Thank you for those. I think that I think that does it for the East Division. Though. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I think that's good. And let's move along here to... You pick. You pick. You pick. The North. It's got to be the North, right? It's got to be the North. What a fun division this is, first off. I'm so ready to hate every other Canadian team by the end of the year. I both love this and hate this so much because I don't think I'm mentally prepared for this division, to be completely honest. No, Every single game is going to suck on Twitter. I know that much. Um, But let's begin at the bottom here, and it's the easy pick. Number seven, the Ottawa Senators, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, as much as I love what they've done, and I love that they're finally, you know, when they treated Eric Carlson and Mark Stone, this organization had nothing other than, like, Eric Brandstrom. And now they've got some solid prospects. And John Schbott, uh not John Schbott, uh Tom Schbott, uh They've got solid prospects now, which is something we couldn't say three years ago. There's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's finally, you know, I know it's not a bright one, but it's there. Uh Pierre Dorian's trying to block it out as much as he can, especially with the Rudolph Walters <laughs> like waving today. I don't, I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, there's light at the end of the tunnel. They're so young. Um, it's going to be tough for them to win games, especially in a division that is kind of top heavy, has a lot of great offensive talent at the top. I'm just looking for all these guys to get a year older and get a year better. I'm looking at Josh Norris as a sneaky Calder pick. I'll say uh, he's put up great numbers in the AHL, and I think he's got a potential to score you know a lot of goals in the NHL one day. So. Uh, Drake Batherson, obviously, solid young player. Timmy Stutes, everyone loves him. Timmy Stutes. Uh, you know, the sweetheart of the uh, World Juniors. And then you still got Brady Kachuk, who's young. Like I said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, just a little early to count them in. And even the Matt Murray signing, it's a solid one. Uh, and uh, the Evgeny Dadanov signing as well. It's another solid one. Two solid pickups. Three years, they can be a contending team just right now, still a bit too early. Yeah, that's exactly it for me as well. And I like the idea that it looks like some guys like Josh Norris are going to get big nim- uh, big minutes. Obviously, Tim Stutzler is going to get big minutes. I'm, I I wish that they didn't make as many kind of depth moves and, and whatnot as they have, kind of blocking the way for guys like Rudolph Balsters, uh, who ends up on waivers and ends up back in San Jose now. When you yeah. look at guys like... Uh, Cedric Paquette bringing in Derek Stepan, giving up assets for him, uh, still having guys like Artem Isimov and bringing in Austin Watson, stuff like that. It seems redundant and kind of unnecessary uh, when you've got so many young prospects looking to come into the roster, but I can also understand why I need to give the competition there. So um, I equally love the Evgeny Dodonov signing. I think he can be really, really strong on this team. Looks like he's going to start with Tim Stutzel on that line, which should be electric. That's going to be super, super oh, yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. But I'm not, I, I like the Matt Murray trade. I don't like the contract they gave him. The defense is still absolutely brutal. So there's not really much more you can say for Ottawa uh, raising any higher. You'll be looking for another top-end pick this season and maybe add another top-level defenseman there after a very interesting first round last year. Okay, let's move on to number six, and this is where I think things start to uh, open up a little bit. 
Yeah, I got the Jets here. Um, but can I? I had them here originally. Can I do a live switch? I I'm always here for a live switch. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna put Vancouver here. Okay. Uh, and I think that might have us agreeing on it. It might not. I'm I just you know all day I was thinking about what I want to do with this spot. It, it has really been you know on my mind a lot. And I I just I have less faith in Vancouver solely because of goaltending. They they are arguably better than the Jets offensively, but Brayden Holpe kind of sucks now. He won <laughs> he, he won some games last year, but that's because he had a great team. Uh, and like Thatcher in the Rye, Thatcher Demko, love the guy, but can he do it in the NHL regular season at an extended period of time? One of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life was what he did against Vegas. Oh my, I've never seen I've never seen a goalie play at such a high level facing so many shots. There's no way Vancouver had a fighting chance in that series, and he gave them a chance. Um, but the magic's over. He's out of the bubble. Can he do it in the regular season now? I think Braden Holby's probably going to be the starter uh, to start, you know, shelter Demko a bit. But I just – got to take Connor Hellebuck over Braden Holby. That's that's solely it for me. So I have I have the Canucks here. Obviously, losing Markstrom sucks. Losing Chris Tanev sucks. Very, like, really sucks. Losing both of them. And then the fact they go to the same team makes it even worse. <laughs> The Nate Schmidt addition, addition is a is a solid one. He's very underrated. Probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league when you look at his underlying numbers. Uh, but he's he's gonna have he's gonna have to have a lot of ice time here. Uh, because there yeah, he's probably gonna be get top pairing minutes. Travis Hamonick, decent signing. I mean, there's just I just have more faith in Winnipeg, I think. So yeah. That that was my long winded so, wave. So Winnipeg five and Vancouver six for you? Six for me, yeah. I've got them reversed, actually. I've got Winnipeg oh, 6 and Vancouver 5 here. And that's just because Winnipeg's defense is so, so, yeah, is so, yeah. so bad. And yeah. bringing in Dylan DeMello for the full season, is it's nice and all. But is it really going to make that much of a difference when you've still got guys like Derek Forbort playing probably top, pairing, or top yeah, four Derek minutes? Derek Forbort's a legend. Give me a break. I'm sorry, but Being the guy legend. is not all that great at hockey. No. Um you got Strath Vegas legend Nathan Bullyu. Nate, yeah, pool. that's fair. That's fair. Strath Vegas legend <laughs> yeah. Nathan Bullyu. But I, when I look at this division, it's so offensively heavy. When you look at the teams like Toronto, yeah. even Calgary, and obviously Edmonton, I feel like Winnipeg could get picked apart by those teams based on that suspect defense. And we saw Connor Hellebuck be great last season. He made up for a lot of those defensive deficiencies. But even if he's only ninety percent of that this season. That could spell doom for Winnipeg this season. Um, Even the forwards that are, quote-unquote, known for their defensive capabilities. Mark Scheifele hasn't been good defensively these last couple years. Neither has Blake Wheeler. So um, it's a weird team, especially given the rumors. Uh, They still don't have Jack Roslevic signed. There's constantly trade rumors about Patrick Laine. I just don't have a lot of faith in them this season. So I've got them six. In Vancouver, five. I'm a huge fan of the Nate Schmidt uh, move. They've still got some decent depth the top six is interesting uh something that we found when doing some research for the uh season preview magazine which we talked about a couple times Elias Pedersen only had two points in 15 games against Canadian teams last year and both of them were against Ottawa that's gonna have to change big time or else hell (laughs) Ottawa can finish ahead of them if we're being honest if that continues so uh very interesting team in Vancouver a big loss in Markstrom 
I've got some faith there in Demko, not so much in Holtby. Um, but I think that there's there's tiers to this division. Ottawa's in their own bottom. I think Vancouver and Winnipeg, five and six. And then we get kind of this two through four range. So let's get to yeah, that. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. So for me, in fourth, I think we have the same pick here. I've got everyone's favorite, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I do too. And I never thought they were going to be I, I'm pretty sure on our podcast, I said there's really no chance that the Penguins <laughs> lose to the Habs. And sure enough, the Habs go on and play some great hockey, and they play some even better, arguably even better hockey against the Flyers. We're just, like, outmatched, realistically. Uh, and Carter Hart played great in some games. But Nick Suzuki, I'm looking at him to be, like, a stud this year. He was so good in the bubble. Uh, like, it's hard to say I like watching the Habs play, but I actually did enjoy watching <laughs> them play. They're kind of a fun a team. Like, they are a fun team. Like, Nick Suzuki's really fun. I, I'm warming up to you, Spirit Kotniemi. He played really well in the bubble as well. Man, like, it's Don't forget, he was a 2C behind Leafs pick, Ronnie Hervonen, over in Finland. Never forget. Never forget. It's true. It's true. But they've got some, some young guys who are going to have to come up and, you know, get bigger minutes. Like, Nick Suzuki's going to have to get a lot more minutes this year than they had yep. last year. Even Kotniemi. Probably going to have to get some more minutes. I love the Tyler Toffoli signing. Can't yes. stress that enough. Great signing. Tyler Toffoli just scores goals, really. And that's perfect for the depth, what you need here. Don't love the Domi for Anderson move. But Josh Anderson, I think he kind of just wants to forget about last season. Obviously, the injury and then not really playing well when he came back. Uh, he's got a fresh start. Who knows? Kind of fits this team. Adds a bit of physicality. Defensively, Ben Schrott ended up somehow being good. <laughs> I don't know how, but he did. Uh, and everyone's favorite, Alexander Romanov. Really, really interested to see what he can do this year. Um, I can't. I like. I don't know a ton about him. I'm not going to claim to be like Pat and Drew and obsess over this guy. But I think he's a pretty good young Russian defenseman. And uh, obviously, with Carey Price and goal, it's pretty hard to go wrong. So I, I have the Habs at four. Yeah, the Habs are a team that I think benefits quite a bit from realignment here because they were very good against Canadian teams last year. You don't have that ultra-tough Atlantic division now, which you're going up against three really top-heavy teams in that division and kind of takes away from your odds of getting a wild-card spot, which we've seen the last couple of years for them. Um, but when I look at the, the division, I feel like they're pretty firmly ahead of Vancouver and Winnipeg and have the potential to go up and challenge against some of those teams a bit higher. Um, that first line of Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher always has some of the best uh, underlying numbers in the NHL. Um, and then when you look down the lineup, again, Nick Suzuki, he's going to be in the top six from day one this season, hoping for big things from him. A big bet on Josh Anderson. I wouldn't do it. But if he works, that's a that's a difference maker on a team. He's got big goal potential. He's a big body. If he works, it's a great move. If he doesn't, well, you're stuck with a seven-year contract for 5.5 mil. But what I really, really like is that Tyler Toffoli signing. Because if w- without Toffoli, then you're looking at kind of the same bottom six. You're looking at a, a big gamble in the top six, and then nothing really else changes. But you bring in Toffoli. If Anderson doesn't work... Defoley steps right into that top six and I think probably improves things. Yeah. Um, on defense, I don't like the Joel Edmondson move. I would rather see Kulak and Petrie stay together because, again, they've got great underlying numbers together. But Kulak with Romanov could be an interesting pairing. I'm a bit lower on Romanov than most people are. 
I don't really know what to expect from him because he's only ever played like 10, 11, 12 minutes in Russia. Um, so I, I don't really know what to expect from him. But then you look in goal and you've obviously got Carey Price and now a very, very capable backup in Jake Allen. So uh, I, I like Montreal this year. Um, I don't know if they'll necessarily get up into that third or even second seed. Um, but I think that they've got a good shot at making the playoffs here. So let's continue to the top three now. We've got the same top three here. Um, who do you got at number three? I have the Calgary Flames at number three okay. here. Uh, obviously, they played probably better than a lot of people would have expected in the bubble last year. Uh, you know, Dylan Dubé looked like the guy they thought they were going to get when they drafted him, finally. Like, he was scoring a ton of goals. Andrew Magnapiani, however you pronounce it, looked great player in the playoffs or in the bubble as well. And they didn't really get much worse on offense. Not, you know, Derek Simone's an interesting signing or trade. I forget how they got. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was a signing. Signing, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know what to think about it yet. It, see how he fits in there. And defensively, I think they they lose TJ Brody, but they get Chris Tanev. They lose Travis Hamannick. Uh They don't really replace him with anyone necessarily. But I think Nikita Nesterov's finally getting some NHL minutes here. He's a younger guy. Correct me if I'm wrong there. He he spent a couple years in the KHL. He's 27. Yeah. Now, so okay, but he's getting some AHL time. Uh, but the big thing for me is I think Rasmus Anderson is going to take a big leap this year. I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, I am yeah, pretty taking high that on him. spot alongside uh, Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano, which is not a bad place to be. Uh, and then obviously the biggest acquisition all year for them is getting Jacob Markstrom, taking him from the divisional rival this year, I guess, uh, of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And. Uh, that kills the Canucks, and it makes the Flames that much better because Dave Riddick put up decent numbers last year. Now he's pr- like a backup, and now you have Jacob yeah. Markstrom as a starter. Like I, You can't go wrong here. I think the Flames are going to be a solid team. and uh, The reason why I have Edmonton ahead of them is just because I like their offense a bit more, and ultimately I think that's what games are going to be decided by in this division. It's going to be a high-scoring division. I think the high-scoring division, and I think their offense just has a bit more firepower. Yeah, uh, I've got it reversed as well. So a couple of reversals here. I've got Calgary 2 and Edmonton 3. When I look at Calgary here, um, I'm expecting a bounce back from the likes of Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan and even Elias Lindholm to a certain extent as well. Gaudreau shot about 4% lower than his career average. I would expect that to bounce back to at least uh, closer to normal. Sean Monaghan similarly. Um, But a big thing here is that they're trying stuff to start this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. You've got Dominic Simone up on the top line with Monaghan Goudreau. You've got Matthew Kachuk with Elias Lindholm back at center for the first time since his Carolina days with Dylan Dubé, who was a big playoff guy. You've got Josh Levo added to the fold. I'm, I'm always going to have a soft spot for that guy. Oh, yeah. But on oh, defense yeah. as well, as you mentioned, TJ Brody's out. That's a tough one. Hamnick, I, I, kind of a meh move there, but I think Rasmus Anderson can step up to that top pair and be good. You look at that second pair of Hannif and Tanev, and that's a pretty solid pairing. And Yusuf Valamaki, he's back healthy, and he absolutely lit up the Finnish league when he was over there on loan to start this year. So I'd expect him to be solid on that third pair. Don't really know what to expect from Nesterov. He was kind of a seventh defenseman when he was over in the NHL, went over to the KHL, put up some good numbers. But really, as you mentioned, the big thing is Jacob Markstrom in net. And if he can continue what he was last year, Calgary can go up there and probably contend with Toronto. Um, it, it's a big question mark whether he can continue that, especially against this kind of high-flying division. Um, but I've got Car- uh, Calgary 2 and Edmonton 3. And Edmonton 3 just because I like some of the moves they made. But Koskinen and Mike Smith still. Yeah, like, I know, I know. 
that pairing sucks. And we saw that against Chicago. Yeah. It was their downfall in the play-in rounds. And Chicago doesn't look like they're going to be very good this year. And Edmonton lost to that team when they should have easily won that series if they had any kind of competent goaltending. So I've got Calgary 2, yeah. Edmonton 3, which means, kind of unsurprisingly, we both got Toronto number 1. God, like, I feel like... So this is their third season open on the K-Men show. We we did, obviously, uh, the first ever episode was, the, you know, the season, op- I believe it was the day, the season opener of yes, the 2018-19 yes. season. Then last year, I think it was maybe like one or two days after the opener of the 2019-20 season. And now we're opening the 2021 season. I think I've said this every time. This is the most <laughs> excited I've been for a Leafs season in, since last year. But I, I love the moves they made. Call me biased. I... I, I like I'm in love with all the players they've signed. Like I I'm really really excited for this year. Jimmy VC, he's gonna go back to the Hobie Baker Jimmy VC. Okay, okay. Wayne Simmons is gonna go back to the 2014 Wayne. Oh, no, I was I'm waiting for this. We're off the rails. No no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. But I do actually really love both the VCs. I don't necessarily love the Simmons signing as much, but I love the Jimmy VC signing. I love the Joe Thornton signing, especially if you're gonna play him on the left wing with Austin Matthews and Come Mitch Marner. I believe he put up 42 assists last year. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Or 42 points. I think it was 42 points, but like yeah. 35 of those were assists. assists. Yeah, and he was playing with like Marcus Sorensen in Kevin LeBanc. Kevin right? LeBanc. And now he's playing with uh, Austin Matthews <laughs> and Mitch Marner. So you tell me how that's going to go. Uh, I think Kerfoot's going to have a great year. I'm, I'm expecting a lot out of him. I honestly think they move down VC. They move up McKayev. And I think you you bring back Kerfoot and VC, and it's like it's college all over again. Those boys are going to be loving life. Uh, the TJ Brody signing is a great one. I I love that was the best move they made all offseason. And then Zach Bogosian's a solid sixth defenseman. Or if you're going to go with Letton and whoever you end up going with, it's a solid sixth slash seventh defenseman. Then you've got Freddie Anderson and goal Jack Campbell's backup. I think the Leafs are the best team in this division. I think a lot of people would agree. I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Maybe I'm delusional, but I'm very excited for this Leafs Leafs season. <laughs> So am I. Um, I yeah. think of all the teams to win a division, I feel like Toronto at the top of the North is probably the most common. On paper, they're easily the most talented team in this division. Whether it's goaltending, defense now, and especially up front, um, they can contend whether it's at the top or the depth now. Um, I'm not Similarly, I'm not huge on the Wayne Simmons signing. I wasn't huge on the cap hit, but... If he's used properly, then he could still be a good player. I love the Joe Thornton signing. He's my boy from around my my area. Uh, big, big Joe Thornton fan. And seeing him playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner is ridiculous. Um, I like some of the mixes and matches that they've kind of done here. TJ Brody is a perfect, perfect pairing uh, with Morgan Riley there. Riley finally has a defenseman who can move the puck oh, yeah. on his own as well. Um, I, I like the potential in Miko Lettinen as well. Um, let him get adjusted to the NHL for a week or two here um, and, and then maybe push into the lineup. But I think he's got some sneaky potential as well. And then Freddie Anderson, of course is usually a solid goaltender in the regular season. Um, and, and he'll have to be that this season against some high-powered offenses. But I think the Leafs are pretty clearly the best team in the North and an easy pick here at the top. It just depends how deep they go. And that's really what decides their fate this season, I think, uh, yeah. is fair to say. But um, anything else you want to add here? Or do you want to move on to the next division? Um, no. I, no. Yeah, we, I think we hit the nail on the head. Uh yeah, it's a it's a make or break year for the Leafs, really, in my opinion. Especially with how the division is division is aligned this year. There's no excuse not to go far, in my opinion. So, 
Um, you finally have a full season with Sheldon Keith. You have a full season with all these guys. Go out and win. That's all I'm gonna say. I let's like uh, let's let's go to the the West. Or the do you want West. to? Okay, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good to go to the West, and we'll pick right. up the, right. the the pace for these next two ones because, of course, we're very familiar with the Canadian teams. We're very yeah. familiar with the teams in the East. Uh, less so with the Western team. So we'll pick up the pace a little bit here. Yeah. But let's get to the Western division here, and it's very much the top dogs and the bottom dogs in this yeah, team, oh, yeah. and then maybe a couple teams that could surprise here. But uh, who do you got seven and eight here in this division? Yeah, I'm going to keep it quick just because, uh, like you said, not a lot of talent. I got the LA Kings eighth. Uh, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, definitely. They've got some great – Ridiculous prospect pool. Yeah, they had the most players at uh, the World Juniors this year. Don't hate the Anthony CU signing. Don't hate some of the moves they made. But – you still have, you know, Jonathan Quick starting for you, and you still have Drew Doughty going to probably play like 25 minutes a night. So that doesn't help things. Uh, and then in seventh, I have their uh, state mate. I don't know what you call it. In-state yeah, friend, the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. Uh, I know you're high on the Ducks, and you, you think well, that. I, don't know, I wouldn't I, say high. Well, I'll okay, say higher. I, I, was, I was going through old shows last year, and you had – uh, Dallas Eakins as your uh, Jack Adam pick last year, which you know what? Listen, I don't want to talk. I don't want. Guys. I was expecting a big year from Gibson. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I'm just not that high on the Ducks. I don't think they have a lot going for them. Um, the Kevin Shattenkirk signing is a good one, but other than that, there's just a lot of question marks here. And I really hope John Gibson gets a good team to play for in front of him one day. That's that's all I can really say about those two teams. Yep, I've got LA last as well. They've got some intriguing pieces coming up, but they probably won't be factoring in this year. Um, yeah. That defense is shockingly bad. Only Matt and oh, Drew yeah. Doughty on the top pairing. And then the second pairing, Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy right now. Um, Jonathan Quick isn't really all that good anymore. Cal Peterson's an interesting uh, backup right now. He might steal the starting job as the season goes along, but... I just don't think that there's enough talent on this team to do anything, even with some of the teams ahead of them here. Number seven, though, I don't have Anaheim. I've still got San Jose. Um, the goaltending is horrific there. I really don't understand why they made the bet on Devin Dubnik. Yeah. He's not been good on a very good defensive team in Minnesota. Um, Martin Jones, we know what he's like in San Jose. You've got bounce-back candidates like Eric Carlson. I think Brent Burns is kind of over the hill at this point, especially defensively. He might still put up some points, but then you've got like Mark Edward Vlasic, who's going to play minutes, Radim Simic, who's going to play minutes. Like They don't have a lot of depth on this team. And up front, it's basically just a top six and nothing else. Um, you've got whatever the hell the Evander Kane situation is right now. Um, yeah. Timo Meyer is yep. a fun player. Yeah. Thomas Hurd is a fun player. Ryan Donato could be a sneaky breakout candidate if he gets some top six minutes. But I just don't see anything on this team that really shows me that they're going to bounce back from what was a horrendous season last year where I think everything went wrong. But I don't really see anything there kind of bouncing back either. So I've got them number seven. Let's get to the last two teams outside the playoffs, though, in five and six in the West. So for six, I have uh, the San Jose Sharks. All I'm going to say is I don't know who John Leonard is, but for some reason he's <laughs> a line left wing, according to Daily Faceoff. Uh, I've never heard of this guy in my life. So that is all you have to say about the San Jose Sharks. What a fall from grace it has been for the San Jose Sharks. Okay. What a fall from grace. From the conference finals just two short seasons ago, on the KMN show, we literally we this show was a thing when – 
<laughs> when they made the conference finals, and now we're here talking about them being one of the worst teams in hockey. We did a, a we did an episode while they had one of the greatest comebacks in recent I, NHL I, history, I and <laughs> now uh, a quite rapid fall from grace. So you have the yeah. Sharks there, and then for five, just missing the playoffs. I think they are just going to miss it. It's going to be close. I have the Arizona Coyotes. Um, last year, you you thought the Coyotes were going to be good. You've been a Coyotes two years ago. Two years ago, I think it was now. Okay. Uh, I they were lucky to beat Nashville because Darcy Kemper was on steroids, arguably. Um, not actually, but you would think he was the way he's playing. And I just I can't see Darcy Kemper doing that for an entire season this year to propel them further. They lose Taylor Hall, which you know what he didn't really do much with them anyways, so it doesn't really matter. But like Derek Brassard is a pickup you make. Like Tyler Pitlick's a pickup you make. like. I don't. It's just like nothing excites me about this team. Connor Garland, Phil Kessel, and Clayton Keller is all that excites me about this team. So and uh, Jake Chitron. So uh, my boy. But yeah, I've I've got the Coyotes here at five. Yeah, when there's looking at five and six here, I've got Arizona five and and Anaheim six right now, just because I I don't know what. Anaheim's lineup is going to look like in terms of the the young guys right now. Like I don't know if Zegris is going to get minutes in like the top six right away or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't know what the young guys are going to get here. And last year I was banking on the young guys making a difference and Gibson having a big big season. That didn't come to fruition. Gibson had a slight step back. The the young guns didn't break through in that lineup. Um, I like the Kevin Shatten, uh, Shattenkirk signing quite a bit. Um, but when I look at Arizona here, I just think that they're too good defensively and have too good of a goaltending tandem uh, to not be kind of on the verge of that fourth spot in the division here. Uh, I don't know how they're going to score goals. I'm going to be straight up. Yeah, no, no. The defensive depth is there. Um, as you mentioned there, Jacob Chikrin, you, you've got Oliver ekman Larson still, Nicholas Jalmerson, Jason Demers. It's an aging group outside of Chikrin, um, but still some intriguing pieces nonetheless. And then Kemper, when he was healthy, was an elite goaltender. Antti Ranta, when he's been healthy, has been a very, very good goaltender. So I've got uh, Arizona number five as well, which means we've both got the same top four. And I think there's a clear top three in this division. So who do you got number four? Yeah, I've got uh, the Colorado Avalanche. No, uh, I've got the Wild <laughs> F4. Uh, yeah. They are the imposter, so to speak, uh, of the playoff teams. Whoever makes the playoffs, because I have to imagine St. Louis, Colorado, and uh, Vegas will make the playoffs. Whoever is the fourth team to make it in this division does not deserve to be there, in my opinion. In a regular okay. season, I don't know if the Minnesota Wild would make the playoffs. But there's a lot riding on their goaltending, at, like I've said a hundred times on this show already. Yeah. But... Cam Talbot looks to be the starter. Capo Kakinen's interesting. Very interesting. Like, could... I believe he's the reigning age of goaltender of the year. Yeah. Uh, don't know what to expect out of him. But the guy I'm so excited to watch, and I know you are too. You've talked about him since I've known you in first year. Kirill Kaprasov. He's finally coming over. I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Uh, he's probably going to put up great numbers. Definitely a sneaky Calder pit. Not even sneaky. It's pretty. People know what he's. What he's you about. better know about Kirill Kaprizov this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you're really high on Kevin Fiala. I, I don't know if he's gonna put up the crazy numbers he did last year, but I think it's, it's a great. That trade just keeps getting better and better for Minnesota um, as time progresses. And uh, yeah, like Nico Sturm, solid young guy. Interested to see what he can do. Like they've got decent offense. Uh, defensively, obviously, we know what they're about. Pretty much the same. Six defensemen as last year. You know, Jonas Brodin, we've talked about him a ton. Great defenseman. 
Spurgeon, the new captain, Suter, Dumbo, like that's a terrific, terrific top four. Uh, it's really going to come down to the goaltending, but I think they are in the best position to finish fourth in this division. Yeah, uh, I, I I like Minnesota a little bit more than you do. Um, I think that they would be contending for a playoff spot in a regular year anyways. Um, the center depth is scary. I'll just be honest there. Bukestad, Benino, Erickson, Eck, and Rask is not anything that uh, sparks a whole lot of confidence, though Nick Benino did have a really good year last year, and I think that that could be yeah. a solid depth pickup, but... I'm a big fan of that defense. One of the most underrated in the NHL. Suter, Dumba, Brodine, Spurgeon. The, the third pair is pretty solid as well with Susie and Paterin. Um, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen with Marco Rossi. He's hurt to start the year. We don't know if he's going to factor in at all. But when you look at that center depth, he might get some minutes in the NHL this year. Um, so there's a lot of fun things about this team, surprisingly. Uh, and that begins with Kirill Kaprizov. This guy is insane. When you look at scoring... In the KHL, he has the best ever 22-year-old season with 51 points in 57 games and the best 23-year-old season in KHL history as well last year with 62 points, 33 goals in 57 games. That guy is stupid, good, and I cannot wait to finally see him in the NHL. He he was already looking electric in the scrimmages. We'll have to see what he looks like in-game action, but he's starting on the first line with Bugstad and Parise, and I'm hoping at some point... They might try him out with Kevin Fiala as well, who oh. finished the year very, very well last year. Was a point-per-gamer in the final 30 games of the season. We saw him and his electric shot in the play uh, in the play-ins as well against Vancouver. He was one of the few bright spots for Minnesota in that series. So I'm, I, I kind of like Minnesota here. I don't think that they'll do anything once we get to playoff time, just given the top three in that division. But don't sleep on Minnesota. They've got some intriguing pieces. Okay, the top three... In the West here. It's a pretty clear top three. You've got yeah. Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas. What order do you have them? I have the team who won the cup most recently in third here. I've got the St. Louis Blues. I agree. Uh, and uh, this is not saying that they're a bad team. I still think they're a cup contender. That's just how good yeah. the top of this division is this year. The biggest blow is obviously losing your captain, uh, Alex Petrangelo, one of the best defensemen, if not you know, a top four or five defenseman in the NHL. Big blow, but... You replace him with Tory Krug, who's a heck of a defenseman in himself. You don't really lose too many pieces outside of Petrangelo, other than Jake Allen, which means Vili Huso has to be your, you know, your backup goalie. But based off how they rode Bennington the last couple of years, I I feel like that's probably going to be okay. Even though Bennington's numbers were a little bit of a cause for concern uh, last year, we will have to see what happens. But yeah, this team is still solid from top to bottom. I mean, look defensively, like they're yeah. unbelievable. Tory Krug, Pareko, Scandella, Falk, Don Bartuzo, like. Absolutely unbelievable bottom or defensive six. And their depth is still there. Like, obviously, the Mike Hoffman signing is tremendous. The guy scored 35 goals before in the NHL. Like, it's a great signing. Tyler Bozak, Zach Stanford, Sammy Blay. Like, Kyle Clifford's even a great signing there for their fourth line, I think. Barbashev, Sunquist. Like, their bottom six is yeah. one of the best bottom sixes in hockey. And then their top six is one of the most talented tops. Well, it's a very good top six. I don't know. I don't know if I, don't know if I would say it's one of the best, but it's a very talented top six. So, I still think they're a great team. This is not a like you know, like I said, I still think they're a cup contender. Just based off how good Colorado and Vegas are, I have them third. Yeah, I think all three of these teams here are cup contenders. Uh, I've got St. Louis three as well. I've got Vegas two, and I've got Colorado on top. I agree with a lot of what you said with St. Louis there. They they're still a very strong team, and it's going to be a great dogfight at the top of that division. But 
Um, it's also going to be interesting to see Vegas, who no longer has that kind of cakewalk of a division in the Pacific. They're yeah. going to be oh, yeah. really, really tested at the top of this division, which should be fun. Um, obviously, the big pickup in Alex Petrangelo. Um, don't know what's going to happen with that 2C spot just yet. Um, but that top line has got big goal potentials as well. Max Pacioretty, especially there. Uh, interested to see what happens in goal with Leonard and Fleury in that situation. It should be Robin Leonard getting a bulk of the starts. We'll see what happens, just kind of with the politics of the situation. But Colorado on top, and it's pretty hard not to have them on top, right? Yeah. I, like, this team is so good right now. And here's the thing they're missing, they have so many good prospects who aren't even playing for this. Like, <laughs> it's like when I think about what Colorado, the dynasty potential that Colorado has here, it is abs- like you look at their team right now, it's ridiculous. One of the best teams, like preseason teams, I've seen in a long time. And then you think Alex Newhook's not even included in this, Bowen Byram's not even included in this, Martin Kout, who I know hasn't been as good since he was at the World Juniors, but he's still a good young player. There's Connor Timmons, like, will yeah. finally get his NHL chance here, it looks like. like this team is ridiculous from top to bottom. Goaltending, okay, maybe it's their biggest question mark, but Grubauer put up good numbers last year. I France believe was, in Grubauer and Francois. Francois put up tremendous numbers in his first yeah. HL season last year as a backup. Like This team is loaded. Obviously, I, Nathan McKinnon is the arguably tied for best player in hockey. You could make that argument. I'll say it. He's ridiculous. Burkowski ended up being one of the best signings last year put up tremendous numbers like the Brandon Sod signing of this summer is tremendous like the guys I, I just I can't go on enough about how good Colorado is um I will spoil that they're my president's pick just because playing in this division you only have to face two other really difficult opponents and you should be able to cakewalk the rest if you're this team so I think they're gonna put up ridiculous numbers in this 50 game season 56 game season uh and yeah they're they're ridiculous they're absolutely yeah ridiculous. they were already one of the best teams in the NHL and if both goaltenders don't get hurt in the playoffs, they're probably through and playing in the cup final, for being honest. And then yep. you add to that lineup, Brandon Saad via trade, when you didn't have to give up much to get him. You look on defense, Devon Taves is an awesome, oh, yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome pickup for them. Fits their style perfectly. He's going to fit in on that top pairing seamlessly. And he's stepping in for Ryan Graves, who is just, he was good last year. He led the league in plus minus for crying out loud. But That's Devon Taves was a legit top top pairing defenseman, I think, oh, with, yeah. with oh, the yeah. New York Islanders. And he's stepping in and going uh, and playing with Kale McCarr. That's going to be so much fun. Connor Timmins is finally healthy, which is great to see. He's a great prospect. We'll see if Bowen Byron gets in games. Like, this team is ridiculously fun. Um, this The top end of the division is going to be very fun. The bottom end, kind of those Arizona-Anaheim matches, maybe skip on those. But yeah. those higher-end ones mix in a little bit of Minnesota as well, I think. Those are going to be very, very fun. Um, and so yeah. just just to check, you've got Colorado one and Vegas two as well. Yeah, yeah. I I can't. I mean, I lo- you know me, big Vegas guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as I've gone on record many a time, but a I couple. think the star power during the regular season, at least, is just too much to match. Uh, and I think Colorado is going to win the division. Yeah, uh, I I agree there. So we got one more division to get to, and another division that kind of has a lot of segments to it. I think two clearly at the top, two clearly at the bottom, and then you could kind of put any of those four in the middle in the playoffs. It's kind of crazy there. Let's begin quickly with the two bottom ones, Detroit and Chicago. What order do you got them in? 
So, yeah, I when we were doing the magazine, this is actually the division I wrote about, so I feel most comfortable yeah, speaking. speaking of the magazine, I'll toss the link in the uh, chat again if you want to check that out. Uh, but, you know, originally I was like, oh, Detroit, that's an easy pick. But then I thought about it, and it's like, oh, let's scroll down on Cat or uh, Daily Faceoff <laughs> to who their goalies are. Oh, Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia, Chicago Blackhawks. Yikes. And they're going to finish last for me. That goaltending tandem is just so inexperienced and not that they can't be solid goalies one day they're just both kind of young and inexperienced at as a starting goalie in the nhl uh, like colin delia literally has no starts i believe in the nhl only um, a handful i think yeah, when uh, and, crawford was hurt a couple years ago and then also like john and Taze being out heartbreaking like sucks i really hope yeah, he's we okay. don't know how long that's gonna yeah. be yeah Kirby Doc, same thing, sucks. Like, so I was so excited for him this year. Obviously, so excited for him at the World Juniors. And then Alex Nylander is also out to start the season. Like, those are three of your best players out to start the season. Dylan Strome, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit are going to have to put up <laughs> ridiculous numbers if they want to contend at all, and they won't uh, contend. So I have Chicago there. Detroit, I have them a bit higher. They're not good. Don't, don't, don't think this is me saying they're good, but. The Thomas Grice signing a goal is really good. Like, he's a solid goal. Yeah. And uh, definitely better than what they had last year in Jimmy Howard. John the Bernie is the backup still. You know, he's a solid backup, I'll say it. And then they made some good signings. Like, Vlad Domestikov, really interesting pickup. Obviously, decent numbers in Ottawa. Not Didn't play as great in Colorado, but a, a worthy risk. And then uh, the best risk of all, in my opinion, Bobby Ryan. Like, you may as well take a swing on that guy. We know how one good year, he can be. Like, come yeah, on. You know how good he can be. Why not? So, uh, yeah, I, I have Detroit, surprisingly not last. I think you agree with me. I do. I, I look yeah. at Chicago here. The goaltending's worse. The defense is probably equal, maybe worse on, on the Detroit side. And given the injuries and everything to Chicago, especially at center, I don't see why Detroit can't finish seventh here. And obviously that's not saying that they're going to be good or anything. I think these are going to be two of the worst, if not literally the, oh, yeah. the worst yeah. and second worst teams in the NHL. But... I like some of the moves Detroit made, especially if they're able to flip them at the deadline here. Vlad Nemesnikov is, is a solid signing. Uh, shout out Spencer Loeb on that one. Philip Zadina, he, he was really, really good in the Czech League this season. Yeah. Um, and then you've still got guys like Sam Gagne, Bobby Ryan, who who knows what they can be. Philip Peronik on the, on the top pair again. He was, again, good in the Czech League this year. Was kind of underrated last year as well. I don't like having Mark Stahl on the second pairing. I'm going to be frank with that. But Troy Stetcher yeah. there. Nice little yeah. signing. John Merrill on the third pair. Nice little signing. So they've got NHL players on the roster again. Chicago, you can't really say the same uh, when you look at their roster here. Um, when you've got guys like Malcolm Subban starting for you, Colin Delia backing up, the the fourth line of Matt Highmore, David Camp, and Ryan Carpenter. Like In great playoffs for Matt Highmore last year, but like, what is he going to do? Exactly. Place? Now, what I will say with Chicago is uh, if you're looking for a sleeper here, Pius Suter, it looks like he's going to start on the third line, but he's got comparable numbers to what Dominic Kubelik had last year out of the Swiss League. He's a very intriguing player. Um, so watch for him in the first couple weeks. If he maybe sneaks into that top six like Kubelik did last year, watch out for him to potentially produce a little bit. But um, those are the two worst teams maybe in the NHL, to be honest. Yeah. Let's get to this group of four here. And honestly, let's just do three, four, five, and six here because they're all so tight. Um, and, and, and I think you would agree here with the oh, likes yeah. of Columbus, Dallas, Nashville, and Florida kind of in this group. Dallas because of the injuries uh, and all everything that's going on there. But uh, give me three, four, uh, three through six for you in this division. 
Yeah, so I'll go six to three. I <clears throat> like I said, I wrote I wrote about this division, so I really struggled um, thinking because yeah. all these teams, most of these teams, actually all these teams made the playoffs last year and made at least or the playing round at least last year. So there's obviously talent there. It's just about who's going to be able to continue that forward this year. So for six, I have Florida. Okay. For five, I have Columbus, which it's tough. The, the four five was the hardest pick for me. Four, I have Nashville, and then three, I have Dallas. Um, Starting off, okay, Florida, there's not really a lot to say. They're just not that good of a team. Mm-hmm. Like, Bobrovsky's injured, it looks like, now to start the year, which might be a good thing because he played, like, ass last year. Um, I don't think he's that bad of a goalie, but he really needs to justify that contract uh, if he wants to continue playing the NHL, especially <laughs> uh, as a prospect who's backing or sitting down in the minors. Even Samuel Montembeau, who's sitting in the minors as well. Uh so I have them there. I have Columbus at five strictly because their offense is just so lackluster to me. Even with the uh, you know finally signing Pierre uh, Luc Dubois, it's still very lackluster. Uh, Nashville at four because I think the young guns are going to show up for them. These guys are getting their their big break. Ely Tolvin and uh, Yakov Trenin, even Phil Tomasino if he gets a break, I think they're going to really show up. Uh, and then Dallas three, even though Bishop's out to start the year, Kudobin played great last year, so yeah. I hope continue that uh sagan's out to start the year but they still have really good depth like even though they lost uh matthias yanmark right yep. they, yeah, he's gone uh they still have really really good depth and i still think they're good enough to finish third so that's how i have it broken down yeah i've got the same five six i've got columbus just missing out i've got florida six i've got nashville three and okay. Dallas, number four. And uh, I'll start at the bottom and work my way up as well. I think Florida's got some sneaky potential here to start if if you get a bounce back from Bobrovsky. He's not healthy to start the year, um, so we'll see how that situation plays out. But I look at their their forwards, and you're going to need a lot of kind of either breakout, breakout or bounce back performances, specifically looking at Alex Wenberg in that 2C spot, Anthony Duclair looking like he's going to play with Barkov to start the year. They've got a lot of intriguing pieces. I just don't think it's enough to bet on them to make that jump all the way up. I thought about it earlier uh, in the offseason. I was like, this could be a sneaky team, but just not quite sold yet. Number five for me, Columbus. They they looked really, really good in, in the play-ins and gave uh, obviously beat Toronto, gave Tampa a strong test. But I... Is your when I it's all like actually that good right that's that's kind of it as well and and i think merzlikens is probably the better option long term there as well um i think they're gonna put up a really really good fight i thought about having dallas out i'm not gonna lie but i think that they're just just gonna miss out here dallas for just because of the injuries and everything going on with that team right now like anything involving COVID is such a wild card at this point and you can't even get projected lines for them because more than half of the roster is unavailable right now, and they've got games postponed. We'll see what happens with that situation. But regardless of that, Bishop's out to start at least. Hudobin looks good last year. We'll see if he can carry the load in a regular season. Sagan's out to start. That's a big, big hit to their uh, offensive depth there. I think it's still slightly better than what Columbus has got. But you know what? I'm kind of looking at this. Com- uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make the life switch. Not gonna make the life switch. But I've got Nashville number three here. Um, I'm thinking we might get a bounce back from UC Saros. Nothing crazy, 
but a better performance. You've got one of the best pairings in the NHL in Yossi Ellis. I'm looking for a better season from Dante Favreau. They've got a much, much improved third pair as well with Borowiecki and Matt Benning there. The third pair was a black hole for them last year. It featured Jared Tenority in the playoffs for crying out loud. And up front... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And up front, you've got guys like Philip Forsberg who has big goal potential. Victor Arvidsson who's got big goal potential. You've got signings like Eric Howla. You've got... Uh, uh, Mikhail Granlund back, who isn't uh, available to start the season. And you've got Luke Kunin who, uh, now in the squad, who um, hasn't necessarily broke through yet at the NHL level, made the trade there with Nick Benino. Um, could be an interesting player for them as well. Sport media legend Rocco Grimaldi in the lineup as well. Oh, Come on. Him. So this is an interesting team. Ellie Tolvanen as well. We'll see what happens with him. So I'm going to make the, be- uh, the maybe the surprising pick and put Nashville up there at three. But let's get to the top two. And it's a pretty easy top two, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup for crying out loud. And like, I literally said this in my write-up. They didn't do anything to get better, but this team is already so good that it doesn't yep. really matter. The biggest blow to them is Kucherov being out for the year. Sucks. But they won a Stanley Cup last year without Steven Stamkos. So they can clearly play without their stars. Braden Point is... God, he's good. Like, <laughs> he's, he's so probably- good. You could argue he's a top 10 player in the NHL already. Like, you yeah. could, based off his performance last year, you could make the argument, and I would not call you crazy. Uh, and then the opposite side of things, Carolina kind of underperformed last year, losing to Buff or Boston, pardon me. I yeah. think a lot of people disappointingly I, lost to Boston. Yeah, disappointingly, just the fact they went out. But they're all a year older, and you, you kind of forget sometimes how young this team is. Uh, so to go, to go to where I have them, I have Carolina 2, Tampa Bay 1. I really like Carolina, and again, I'm not saying that they're not a cup contender because this team is ridiculous. I think they can contend for the cup, but I just like the the you know the goaltending for me is the biggest question mark there. It's it, as much as Peter Mrazek and James Reimer did a good enough job last year. It's you know is it sustainable over another 56 games and a playoffs this year? That I do not know. Obviously, their defense is out of this world. Arguably so the best. Like Slavin, Hamilton, Shea, Pesci, Flurry, Gardner, and then Jake Bean might Jake even Jake Bean waiting in the wings too. Like yeah, like reigning AHL defenseman of the year, ridiculous team. Good bottom six, good top six. Feshnikov's another year older. Netches is another year older. Aho's another year older. Like all these guys are another year older. Aho put up crazy numbers against this division last year. Just make sure I get it right. He had 19 points in 18 games, but he had 12 goals yeah. in 18 games against this division. People forget he scored 35 goals last year in 68 games. Like, he was a very, very good goal scorer. So, not to say, again, I still think Carolina's a cup contender. I just have them behind Tampa slowly because, like it's I said, Tampa. Tampa, it, they pretty much the exact same team they won the cup with last year. Uh, Vasilevsky's healthy. Hedman's healthy. Stamkos is healthy. Obviously, Kucherov isn't. But some of the guys who were out for a bit last year are fully healthy now. And, I, yeah, I, it's hard to bet against Tampa, so I'm going with Tampa. Yeah, I, I thought about making the, the bold pick, but I just can't. Um, it's got to be Tampa on top. Uh, I think Carolina could give them a run for their money for that top of the division. And I think that the uh, the President's Trophy winner will come out of the division just because there's such a clear gap between the top two teams and the rest of the division. Um, but, man, Andre Svechnikov had an unreal year last year, and he's going to take oh, yeah. another step this year. He's really going to get recognition as one of the top goal scorers in the NHL. Sebastian Ajo somehow scored almost 40 goals last year. I don't think anybody realizes that. That yeah. guy is so, so, so good. 
not with Sveshnikov to start the year. It looks like it's going to be Nino Niederreiter with Aho and Cherovainen, but that line was great last year at times as well. I like the depth pickup of Jesper Faust up front. Um, this team is just super, super deep. Um, we've seen them rally, uh, uh, of course. Um, if you can get a healthy Dougie Hamilton, that's a Norris Trophy candidate. Yep. Consistent double-digit goal scorer from the blue line. So I'm a big fan of Carolina, um, but just couldn't quite put them through to the central division all right nigel we're we're done these divisions i think yep. it's awards time what do you say you know i love my award picks i come with some gutty ones every year so uh i'm ready i'm ready let's start things off i'll, 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 I'll i think we should i think we should start with the presidents just because that's kind of nice perfect perfect so it kind of ties into the to the divisions we just went through nigel president's trophy who do you got I know what you said, like, the top two are, like, the best teams in that division, but I still think the bottom six are better than the bottom six in the West. So okay. I have Colorado, even though, yes, they're going to lose points against Vegas and St. Louis, they should probably win every other game against every other team in that division. Yeah. Obviously, they won't, but hypothetically. Speaking, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so I have Colorado. I think they're uh, going to walk away with the presidents this year. Yeah, I thought about Colorado for the same reasons you mentioned, but I feel like Vegas and St. Louis can steal some games away from them, make things interesting in that West division. So I am going with the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the President's Trophy this season. Um, again, going to murder Detroit and Chicago to start the year uh, and throughout the year. And I think those are some extremely winnable games against Nashville, Dallas, Columbus, and Florida. And then your main competition is Carolina. And when you look at every other division, Colorado's got to contend with Vegas, St. Louis. There's a couple teams. Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, there's a couple teams. Philadelphia, in the East for me at least, who I have winning it. Washington, Boston, New, New, like the, you can name off every team in that division for crying out loud. So President's Trophy, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay there. Maybe uh, kind of the easy pick, just given they won the Stanley Cup there. But when I look at the divisional breakdown, they're, they're my pick there as well. Where do you want to go from here? I say we start things off the Calder, you know. I like it. Rookie pick, so we the youngest, um, the first. We'll get them out of the way. I've got everyone's favorite, Timmy Stutes. Uh, I think he's going to have a pretty big role in Ottawa. I think he is a very good player. We obviously saw at the start of the tournament, he was playing on an absolutely terrible Germany team because of the COVID issues. That Germany team turned around. Like, What a great story that yeah. was. Yeah. Comeback. And they should have had more support as well when you look at Mort Sider not being there and Lucas Reichel um, and even the projected starter and Tobias and Chichka. Like that team was supposed to be good. They didn't get all the pieces and yet they still rallied to make the quarterfinals. And put up a great fight against a very solid Russian yeah. team in the quarterfinals there. So I have Tim Stutz. Even though Ottawa sucks, it, it he's shown that he can put up good numbers with bad players. So I have no doubt that he'll be able to put up decent, especially if he plays on that second line with Dad Danoff. I think that's a really interesting uh, tandem there. And uh, yeah, I have Tim Stutzler winning the Calder. The only thing for Stutzler for me is I think that he could have the talent to go out and win the Calder and get the point totals and whatnot. I just don't know if he's going to have the support to go out and get the point totals necessary for the Calder. And for that reason, he's going to get the minutes. He's been fantastic in Russia. He's coming over. He's doing the Panarin. He's going to win the Calder. And that's Kirill Kaprizov. I am such a huge, huge fan of him. I already talked about him quite a bit in the Minnesota bit that we did. Um, he's so good. Uh, Minnesota yeah. might not be the most watchable team that you've known for the last few years, a very defensive team. 
But they've got a couple fantastic young players there in Kevin Fiala and now Kirill Kaprizov. So be sure to check out at least the highlights of Minnesota because those guys are going to be electric this year. Kaprizov, I think, could have a monster, monster year. Um, depends who he ends up playing with. Depends how much support he gets. But I think he could be huge this season for Minnesota. So he's my Calder pick. Uh, Vesna next? What do you say? Yeah, I like that. All right. Uh, uh, this, is, this is so basic, but I'm going to go with Andre Vasilevsky. So... Because, in my opinion, he's the best goalie in hockey. And then solely number two because of how weak the bottom half of that division is, like we just spoke about. I expect him to put up some great numbers, um, especially with, yeah, the bottom half of that division. Uh, he's a great goalie, and I think he will win a Vesna. I like it. I like it. For Vesna, I have Philadelphia winning the division, and I feel like it's going to be a large part because of Carter Hart. I'm going to go with the bold pick and say Carter Hart breaks through and wins his first career Vesna this season. I think he's going to get a huge, huge workload this year because Brian Elliott isn't a great backup. Uh, oh, just yeah. look at the splits between Hart's numbers and Elliott's numbers. Um, Hart was huge, huge last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. He's going to need to be good this season. And I think the quality of competition factor could be something that maybe swings the vote for him. Maybe if he only has like a, a, a 9.15 and 9.20 save percentage, but picks up a lot of wins in that division, I think he could get some love over maybe an Andre Vasilevsky who maybe has a sexier save percentage, but he gets to feast on the likes of Detroit and Chicago and the rest of that division. So a bit of a bit of a risky one there, but I'm going to go with Carter Hart for my Vesna. What I'll say though is if the Vesna usually is kind of like the Jack Adams, where it's either the best or the one that surprises the most or carries a team, that kind of thing. Yep. And if the Rangers do something interesting. It could be on the back of Igor Shosturkin. And people forget, the guy's already 25. So it's not like he's this, like, 20-year-old coming in. He's going to step in and be a quality starter from day one. Maybe keep an eye on him. Maybe keep an eye on him. Calder and Vesna? We'll see. We'll see. That's very, very out there. But I'm just saying, keep an eye on him. We know how people like to vote for the award. We'll see what happens there. What do we say? Go from uh, goaltender route. Let's get to the Norris next. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I got a guy on his new team. Uh, that probably away, but I got uh, who you picked last year. I've got Alex Petrangelo. Uh, I think he's gonna have. He's sharing. Oh, I don't know how to word this. Uh, he will not have as many opportunities to get points as he did with St. Louis. But if that makes sense. But I still think he's gonna have a great year. I think he fits Vegas' system perfectly. Uh, and I really think he will finally get a Norris this year. Yeah, I thought last year was going to be the year for him, and he had a great season, to be fair. Oh, yeah. um, probably could have been in the conversation a little more than he ended up being. I do not have him as my pick this season, because I think Shady Theodore might steal a little bit of love away yeah. from him. He, my guy, he's been in the Norris top three the last three seasons. He won it uh, three seasons ago. He finished third the last two years. I have them winning the president's trophy so i gotta have one of their major players winning an award and for me that's victor hedman for the norris um he had a fantastic playoff got a lot of love there had a great regular season last year of course finished third in norris voting i think he's gonna get breakthrough uh back again and get his uh i believe second career norris there uh and continue that trend of finishing in the top three in norris he's finished top three in the norris the last four seasons Third in 2016-17, first in 17-18, and then third again these last two years. So he's just insane. 
if Tampa's oh, yeah. winning the presidents, one of their players has got to win a major award. So for me, I've got Hedman with the Norris Art Ross time. I like Art Ross. Let's do it. I've got Nathan McKinnon. Uh, okay. East in this division. Uh, I famously picked him first overall in fantasy hockey last year, which I'm not going to brag, but that ended up being probably the best pick at first overall. That's what I'm going to say. Everyone judge me. Uh, but I think he's going to have a great year again this year. Uh, I, I said that last year at the start of the year. I said I think Nathan McKinnon's – I actually picked him to win the heart, I believe, at the beginning of the year last year. I think uh, so. Yeah, and he almost did. Uh, but I think this year he's going to be ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to put up a ton of points. So that's why I have him winning the Art Ross. Yeah, he was stupid good in the playoffs. Like 25 yeah. points in 15 games. Ridiculous. What is that, like a 140-point pace? Like that's stupid. Um, yeah. My pick here is boring. I'm going McDavid. I think that there's a lot of potential for goals and scoring yeah. in, in that North division. Um, it's always the easy pick. He's the best. He's the most talented player in hockey. I'll say, um, 97 points in 64 games last year. Ridiculous numbers. Whatever. It, it's the it's the boring pick, but boring someone's got to make it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, Art Ross is done. That's most points, most goals. Rocket Richard. Who do yeah. you got? So. Rock for the Rocket. I believe this man would have won it if the season fully played out last year. My favorite player in the NHL, your probably favorite player in the NHL, Austin Matthews. Guys, yeah. he he's he would have had 50 last year. Sucks they had to cut the season short on him. Probably. You know, barring some weird incident, he probably would have had 50, right? We can all agree on that. Yes. I'm not. Yeah, okay. I think he's going to put 56 games. I think 38 goals this year. Maybe even 40. I think he's going to have a crazy goal scoring year. Playing with Joe Thornton, if that sticks, if that works, wow. You got Mitchie on the wing with him too. I think he's going to put up some crazy numbers. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I have I have him winning my uh, Rocket Richard. I have him too. Um, yeah, I like I, I, when you look at the, the usual competition for him, Ovi's in a tough division. Pasternak's in that tough division as well, and he's missing time to start. I think this is Matthews. Uh, award to lose going into this season. He's going to have a lot of goal-scoring opportunities against that division. It's a lot of games against Ottawa. That's a lot of games against Winnipeg. Um, I think we could see some really, really stupid goal totals from Matthews. And through 56 games, if my memory serves correct, I think he had 38, 39 goals, maybe even 40 last year even. So when you look at that, I think 40 in 56 is possible for Matthews. We'll see what happens. But he's got to stay healthy first and foremost. But Matthews, I think, again, is the easy part uh, pick for the Rocket. Richard. We got the, the big heart. one next, though. The big the heart. One. Yeah. The Hart Trophy. Best player, most valuable player in yeah, the most- NHL. Nigel, who is winning the award this season? For me, there's three guys who go in this award. Nathan McKinnon, aforementioned. Yeah. Mark David, also aforementioned. Two, I, who I believe should be considered the favorites. And then one other guy who I think has a really good chance to win the heart. And you might call me biased. You might call me. Are you me doing a... it? Are you doing it? Austin Matthews. And I have him winning the heart trophy this year. Okay. And here's... He's going to score a crap ton of goals. We know that. He's going to put up probably a lot of points in this division, especially because I think it's going to be the highest scoring division of them all. Yeah. And here's the other thing. He's the one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. And if he's getting PK minutes this year as well, I think that lets the mainstream media know, oh, this guy, like, because they don't look at Corsi for and Corsi against. They look at how many shots do you block? And not that he's going to go out and block shots, but I think it's going to show a lot of people that he's a very, very solid defensive forward. 
because a lot of people don't understand. They think he's just a one-dimensional goal-scoring offensive talent, but in reality, he is one of the best defensive centers in the NHL or one of the better defensive centers in the NHL. And I just think he's going to put up ridiculous 58 games. I wouldn't be surprised if we put up near 80 points. Call me crazy. Maybe 70, 75. I, I think he's going to have a great year, and I think the Leafs are going to have a great year, and I think that will get some votes. So I'm going – call me biased. I don't care. I'm going Austin Matthews. I really, really thought about Matthews for this pick. I'm not going to lie. Through 56 games last year, 40 goals, yeah. 68 points. Yeah. like Stupid. Stupid yeah. numbers. I do not have Austin Matthews for my pick here, though. I have McDavid winning the Art Ross. I have Matthews winning the Richard. But I do not have either of them winning this award. I'm going to have Nathan McKinnon winning the Hart Trophy here. He, I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to get the Art Ross. I don't think he's going to get the Richard, but I think he's going to get the love from the voters this year, uh, especially after that playoff performance last year. He's oh, going to yeah. put up big totals this year. He's going to contend for at least the, uh, the Art Ross, maybe the Richard as well, depending on how things go. Um, fantastic, fantastic player. I don't think anybody thought that we'd be talking about people contending with McDavid for best player alive. McKinnon has gone out and put himself in that conversation. Yep. It's pretty ridiculous to say. So um, I think he's going to get some heart love this season. Now, that being said, I do have a sleeper potential pick here for the Hurt Trophy. And, I also have sleepers. And that it I'd goes like. back to what I said about the President's Trophy. And yep. I said, who I think whoever wins the Central will win the President's Trophy. If yep. Carolina breaks through and beats Tampa, I think that they could get some award love. And if they do so, it's going to be on the backs of big seasons from the likes of Svechnikov, but especially Sebastian Ajo. And if they go and win the President's Trophy, if they win their division, stuff like that, Sebastian Ajo for Hart? I think that could be a legitimate conversation. Like a Taylor Hall situation. Well, not really, because the team's good. But when a team overperforms and a guy it sees puts, expectations, the best player yeah, from that team, right? Yeah, I, I, I like that. My one, I guess, gutty pick. Uh, I don't even know what's considered gutty anymore, but I've fallen in love with this guy. I think he's easily become one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. It's Miro Heiskanen for Norris. We, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of Nick Robinson. Nick Robinson, sorry, not Robinson. Uh, mind on the <laughs> great goal scorer. Uh, yeah, mind on the great goal score that the Leafs oh. have. Uh, no, I, I – he – I'm not going to lie when – when the season started last year, I didn't know a ton about him. But after watching Dallas, especially in the playoffs last year, that guy is so good. Like, he's just yeah. as good as McCarr and Hughes. Obviously, he's a bit older, has more experience. Well, he's not older. No, than same McCarr. age as McCarr. Yeah, no, same age as McCarr. But he's has more experience in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's absolutely money. And I would not be surprised. The only problem is, yeah, Sagan's out. And it's going to be tough for him to get points because offensively, they're not going to be great. But um, if for some reason Dallas becomes a great scoring team this year, I would not be surprised if uh, Miro Heiskanen got some Norris love yeah uh speaking of the Norris uh that that's one award that sometimes goes to the defenseman we really like so we'll give it to him this year and yeah. in a shortened season I think it might be a year that 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 kind of award happens you think back to when Drew Doughty won it won it he wasn't the best defenseman that year he was a great defenseman but he wasn't the best defenseman that year they gave it to him because they wanted to get Drew Doughty a, a, a Norris and they gave it to him that year could we see Seth Jones get that love this year? I, I would be he's, very He's recognized that. as one of the better defensemen in the NHL. I'm not quite as high on him, but you look at the minutes that he'll probably log. You look at what he did in the playoffs. 
I could see maybe something uh, where a lot of writers get on board with that and vote him for the Norris. But he's not my pick there. I've got Hedman there. I think that there will be quite a few names more deserving of that award. Um, yeah. But I think we could see something like that. Is there any other uh, Dark Horse sleepers that you want to get to for awards? Yeah, today? just quickly. I briefly mentioned it earlier, but Josh Norris for uh, Calder. Uh, yeah, I got two guys, I guess, from Ottawa. Am I right? <laughs> I, I, genuinely think, I, think, I genuinely think Ottawa will have a half solid year not good but like they'll be better than a lot of people think i think so i wouldn't be surprised if josh norris had a great season because he scored at every level yeah, he's ever and played. he's starting on the first line by the looks of things exactly. so he's gonna have opportunity so yeah Absolutely. those are my two uh guttier ones yeah all right is there anything else you want to get to here do you have any other bold predictions kind of off the table or are we uh set to wrap things up here I, I think my boldest one was obviously uh boston missing the playoffs do you want to give our cup picks Yes, yes, we'll finish off with that. Um, yeah. I just got a couple other yeah, bold predictions. Weird season. You've got COVID regulations and everything like that. I'm going to say no coaches are fired midseason this year. I like that. That's a good one. It's a bit yeah. of a weird one. It's hard to fire someone this year. Like, it's going to be it's because you're not going to be able to get a replacement. So exactly. I think that, and, and given the circumstances and everything, I think coaches might be given some leniency. So yeah, that's yeah. a bit of a weird one. And I'll also say... Taylor Hall is not traded by the Buffalo Sabres. I think he'll spend the entire season there. I think Buffalo will stay in the conversation long enough that they'll want to try it with him. I think they'll yep. ultimately miss out. But I could see Taylor Hall potentially staying in Buffalo for past the season because getting to play with Jack Eichel is a pretty all right gig. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, are, those are the other two that I got. If you don't have oh, any others, I think we can get to our cup picks. Yeah, no, I like both those. Let's, let's hear them. Uh, so I guess it's kind of hard. Last year we had... With the playoffs all weird this year, you can't. It, it's there's no there's no conferences this year. No, it's so all divisional, and then the yeah. winner of the division goes into the final four, and it's reseeded. Yeah, so we can't say East versus West, but we can say you know who we think are going to make the playoffs. Sure. Uh, so my Stanley Cup matchup. It's funny because I had this one last year, Vegas Toronto, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work last year, but. Uh, last year, I picked the Toronto Maple Leafs. I had a very famous speech uh, about how Toronto is now a city of champions and the Toronto Raptors have won and Bianca Andreescu just won the U.S. Open and the Toronto Wolf Pack were doing great. And it was this whole elaborate speech that really was just to say, I think the Leafs are finally going to do it. Then COVID ruined that. I mean, if COVID didn't happen, the Leafs obviously would have won the Cup. Of but, course. Uh, this year, I actually am going to pick Vegas on the Cup. So I have my two favorite teams in the Cup. <laughs> um, you know, can't go wrong. But... Uh, no, I genuinely think Vegas has a great chance to win the Stanley Cup this year. The Petrangelo signing is unbelievable, and Leonard and Fleury in goal is probably the best tandem in hockey. And Robin Leonard has a chance to win a Vezina if they're if they're good enough. I think he's really that good, and uh, obviously a great story with Leonard. And just I, I I'm all in on Vegas. I say this every year, but I really think they're gonna be good. And uh, yeah, I, I'm ready to roll with Vegas to win the cup. I like that pick quite a bit. Um, when I'm looking at this, I think we might get a funky cup final here maybe like a west versus west and east versus east and normal things so um i hadn't previously thought of who i would face them up against here in the cup final but i'll say i'll 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 go a little bit off the board here i'll say carolina makes the stanley cup final as do the toronto maple leafs yes yes my guy he's on board we brainwashed him when I look at the breakdown of the divisions, I think Toronto's got the easiest path to the final oh, four. 100%. 100%. Because of that, 
I think that that momentum could propel them pretty well because it's always been the hurdle of that first playoff victory. Yeah, exactly. I think no matter who they face up against in the first round or who they face up if they win that first round in the second round, they're pretty heavy favorites in both of those matchups. And then you're in the conference finals and anything can happen from there. So I can't believe I'm doing it. I'm going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup this year. I fucking I, love it. I, I fucking love it, good. Look, man, like the, the additions they've made, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, when when you look at the things that they quote unquote have needed, they're much improved on defense. This is the best defense that they've had in years. They've got the forward depth. They've got the quote unquote veteran presence you need. They've got depth and goal. They've got they've improved at all the positions that they needed to improve on. The question mm-hmm. is, is can the big dogs show up in the playoffs? We've seen it at times. We haven't seen it for a full series or in a decisive game. I like Sheldon Keefe as the head coach season long. I like the, the, the pieces that they have. I don't like saying it, but when I look at all of these teams objectively, I really like Toronto's chances. I know it's going to sound biased, but no, I, that's my pick. I, I'm not going to lie. I... I wanted to pick Toronto, but I picked them last year and it didn't work, so I was like, I'm not going to. But the fact that you picked them, uh, I, I do honestly I don't agree. like doing it. I, <laughs> their additions are just, it's you can like you say, you can call us biased, but those additions, I think any NHL writer will tell you, or any NHL fan will tell you that those are some of the best additions any team made this year. And I, I like what you're saying. They are by far the clear-cut favorite in that uh, North division. And once you get there and you're in the conference finals, who knows what happens, right? Who friggin' knows? So I love it. That's that's yeah. I'm all over it. I still don't. I just. I still don't like putting it out there. But that's the pick. All right. You got it. All right. Is there anything else you want to hit on, or are we good to head out here? I no. I'm ready. I am. I've missed hockey so much. The World Juniors were a nice uh, warm up to get me back uh, hockey watching uh, mode. So I'm excited. I'm sure everyone else is as well. And uh, yeah, let the games begin, so to speak. Exactly. We're less than 24 hours away from the start of the NHL season. 5.30 puck drop tomorrow. Don't forget between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And then after that, of course, is when the real things start at 7 between Leafs and Habs to start the year, which is so perfect. I can't wait. And also, I don't want to see it because it's going to be awful. But yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, no, uh, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we don't know what the schedule is going to be like long term here. We're going to try to do one stream a week. Probably don't know exactly when that'll be necessarily as school starts up. We'll have to figure out when to kind of fit that in the schedules. But um, for starters, you'll be able to find the show obviously live here on this Twitch account. But if you're not able to catch the full show, you'll be able to catch it in the usual spots on Spotify. Same place. Don't have to worry about that. Also going to be available on YouTube, so be sure to check out those as well. We'll also be sure to uh, get a little bit more social media posts out there as well, get a couple clips and whatnot. But Nigel, you got anything else to say? Final thoughts? Uh, Let's go Leafs. Let's have a great year. Let's all have fun and uh, let the games begin, like I said. I like it. Let the games begin. All right, that's going to do it for this first edition of the 2021 calendar for the K&N show. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.